0: Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, so we shall ever be with the Lord. That is the rapture of the church. That's the closing out of the church age, and that's the saints, dead and alive, meeting the Lord in the air. Our cross-reference is 1 Corinthians 15. Verse 52, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, that's fast, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. At the last trump, the trumpet shall sound, the trump of God. All those terms are interchangeable and can be cross-referenced from 1 Thessalonians 4 to 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. Now, here's what I would like us all to do. Uh, Go back in time, and I want you to pretend that we are living in Corinth. And we are part of a church in Corinth, this Corinthian church. And we receive a letter from Paul. And it says... In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. Think about that. You got that letter sent to the Corinthian church that you attend. And you want to learn about this last trump. So let me ask us all a very reasonable question. Would we turn to the book of Revelation, which hasn't been written yet? (laughs) and try to glean some more insight into this last trump? Or would we go back to the Old Testament from some scriptures that have already been written? We can't turn to a book that hasn't been written, so that's out. And so this is part two of the message when we looked at these two verses and then someone trying to apply these trumpet judgments that happen in Revelation to this passage. And some will use that to say, you see, the church has to go through some or all or part of the tribulation because there's the, that there's that last trumpet in Revelation. We did all of that last week. Go back. Listen to that message if you haven't. So now this is part two. They wouldn't go to Revelation chapter 11 they would go back into the old testament and they would start reading at genesis and then they would get through exodus and then they would start reading leviticus chapter 1 chapter 2 chapter 3 chapter 10 chapter 20 and then they would get to leviticus chapter 23 so let's go there and see if we can g- g- gain some insight leviticus chapter number 23 Last week, we looked at 1 Thessalonians 4 and 1 Corinthians 15 in relation to Revelation chapter 11, and we showed many, 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 10 or 11 points on why they're two completely different events. Now I'd like to look at Leviticus chapter number 23 in relation to these two verses and see if we can gain a little bit better knowledge or insight. The Lord spake unto Moses, saying... Speak unto the children of Israel. So we know this is the Lord speaking. It's to Moses. And he wants Moses to tell the children of Israel these things. This is for Israel. Concerning the feasts of the Lord. We're going to look at some feasts. Which ye shall proclaim to be my holy convocations. Even these are my feasts. Six days. Shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest and holy convocation. Ye shall do no work therein, it is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. Now, that's not a feast, uh, that's the Sabbath. Um, the Sabbath is considered for the nation and holy convocation, it was a set time. We had a family. Here, And we'll have many families here that will come in and have these ideas that, well, it's the Lord's Day. So, you know, we don't have fun on the Lord's Day. In other words, the children can't run and play after church. They can't enjoy any type of amusement. Well, you know, because it's the Lord's Day. Well, okay, I can see not working, but not having fun. (laughs) Let's come and enjoy fellowship at church. And we need to be careful that we don't take a day and make that day an idol. And this Sabbath, the reason, well, one of the reasons it's mentioned here in Leviticus is why it's mentioned first. The Sabbath foreshadows what is to come. And Hebrews chapter 4 it says there remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. And this sabbath for the nation it pictured the type of rest that will come. What type of rest? The rest that we find in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we find that rest in him as Christians each and every day. Well, What about the whole working thing? I know it's set up. We can see that way back in Genesis. Work six, rest one, which, by the way, totally debunks evolution. Well, the earth, it's you know, billions and bi- You don't work six billion years and rest one billion years. OK, they're literal days. You work six and you rest one. Why? Because you would forget God if you didn't. And God wants you to take a break. Work six, rest one. Um, I'll tell you, though, I'm thankful that the hospital is open on Sunday. Somebody has a heart attack or something happens. What are you going to do? We're going to cart somebody in and say, why are you working? It's the Sabbath. Sabbath's been done away with. Our rest is found in the Lord. That rest, that Sabbath rest, the work wasn't complete. But in John 19, Jesus said, it is finished. What work still had to be done? The cross. Jesus Christ completed the work and finished it on the cross of Calvary. Christ has redeemed us. All the work is finished redeemed it on the cross. Israel celebrated the following feasts. These feasts were given to the nation, but I'd like us to take a look at how we see some prophetic fulfillment that the church now benefits from. Look at Leviticus 23. We're in verse four. Now watch this in verse number four, the Bible says, these are the feasts of the Lord, holy convocations, which Ye shall proclaim in their seasons. Here it is. In the 14th day. Of the first month at even. Is the Lord's Passover. What was one of Israel's feasts? The Passover. Let's go over to 1st Corinthians now. Watch this. Now that was for Israel, right? Right, it was. We saw that, but let's go to 1st Corinthians. We'll be in chapter five. First Corinthians chapter number five. Look at this, verse number seven. Purge out, therefore, the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened, for even Christ, our what Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness. Okay, we're gonna get that in a minute. Leviticus chapter 23, verse 4 and 5. What did they celebrate? The feast of the Passover. It foreshadowed and was fulfilled. We see in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. As believers, who is our Passover? Jesus Christ. We see that in 1 Corinthians. Chapter number five, verse number seven, for even Christ, our Passover is sacrificed for us. That's the Passover. That's one feast. Now, let's keep reading. We're in verse number six. Look at this. Second feast. And on the 15th day of the same month is the feast of what? Unleavened bread unto the Lord. Seven days ye must eat unleavened bread. In the first day you shall have an holy convocation, ye shall do you shall do no servile work therein, but ye shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord seven days. In the seventh day, as in holy convocation, ye shall do no servile work thereon therein. Now, the Lord was very strict and detailed on how the nation would have and celebrate these feasts. No work. You're putting everything aside so that all you're doing is thinking about the Lord. Should we do that when we come into the church house? We certainly should. We certainly should. We should try to put all distractions aside. Monday hasn't come yet, so we don't have to worry about what the boss is or isn't going to say. We want to get all our thoughts and and everything focused on the Lord. But this second feast we have is the feast of unleavened bread. We see that in verse 6. It says it. The feast of unleavened bread. Go back to 1 Corinthians chapter number 8 or chapter number 5, verse number 8. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with leaven of malice and wickedness. But here it is. With the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. What is leaven in the Bible? What does it symbolize? We know that it symbolizes sin. It symbolizes evil. That's what leaven is in the Bible. We don't want to allow any doctrinal evil in our life, in the church house. We don't want to allow any moral evil. In our life or in the church house none of it should be tolerated It's just amazing how this world is supposed to be so tolerant except that when it comes to a Bible believing Christian and then they're just kind of totally intolerant of us it's the way this thing's been going was Christ sacrifice for us yes he was was it a holy sacrifice Were we elected in Christ to be holy and live a holy life? Yes. The feast of unleavened bread shows the holiness of the redemption that was wrought on the cross of Calvary. Did the Jew have to put away all leaven when eating the Passover? They had to put it all away. What do we do as New Testament Christians? All the leaven, even a little bit of it, any sin, any type of immorality, we should put it all away. The unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. We are called as Christians to live in an unleavened state. You know what that unleavened state equals? Sincerity and truth. Not just sincerity. There's a lot of people that are sincerely wrong. God wants truth. And he wants us all to be sincere about truth. So that's the Passover, Feast 1. Fulfilled 1 Corinthians 5, verse number 7. Then we have in Leviticus 23, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. We see a fulfillment of that in 1 Corinthians 5, verse number 8 everybody good if you're good say amen amen everybody following it first fruits is next Leviticus 23 I know this is a lot of Bible and flipping but we'll we'll get it all Leviticus 23 verse number nine that's where we left off at the Lord spake unto Moses saying speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them when ye be come into the land which I give unto you and shall reap the harvest thereof, then ye shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest unto the priest. And ye shall wave the sheaf for the Lord to be accepted for you. On the morrow after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. And ye shall offer that day when ye wave the sheaf, and he lamb without blemish of the first year for a burnt offering unto the Lord. And the meat offering, therefore, shall be two tenth deals of fine flour mingled with oil, an offering made by fire to the Lord for sweet savor. And the drink offering thereof shall be of wine and fourth part of an hen, the unit of measure. And ye shall eat neither bread, nor parched corn, nor green ears. So there's no southern cooking there at that least. <laughs> Until the self same day that ye have brought an offering unto your God, It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. This first fruits. Which we saw mentioned uh, described here, but we see it mentioned in verse number 10. The first fruits of your harvest of the priests. That's the third feast. Passover unleavened bread. First fruits. Now go over to 1 Corinthians, and we'll be in where we started, chapter 15. When you're in chapter 15, go to verse number 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead and became the firstfruits of them that slept. Remember, we already preached on this when we went through, so we're not going to go over the information again. But we looked at the first resurrection and we saw that it was likened unto a harvest and that harvest has three parts, first fruits, the main part of the harvest and the gleanings. So we're not going to go back and review that information. But do you see from Leviticus 23, we've got three feasts that the nation kept and we see it foreshadowed, we see it pictured and the fulfillment of it in Christ. 1 Corinthians 5, verse 7. 1 Corinthians 5, verse 8. And now 1 Corinthians 15, verse number 20. First fruits, 911 bread, Passover. We got all that. Let's go back to Leviticus. Next one. The Feast of Weeks or Pentecost. Which you get Acts chapter number 2 and Leviticus 23. Keep your finger there. Acts chapter number 2. Leviticus chapter number 23, verse number 15. And ye shall count unto you from the morrow after the Sabbath, from the day that ye brought the sheep of the wave offering, seven, seven Sabbaths shall be complete. Even unto the morrow after the seventh Sabbath, shall ye number 50 days. You know what Pentecost means? Fifty. Fifty. Shall ye number 50 days and ye shall offer a new meat offering unto the Lord. Ye shall bring out of your habitation two wave loaves of two tenth deals. They shall be of fine flour. They shall be baked with leaven. They are the first fruits unto the Lord, and ye shall offer with the bread seven lambs without blemish of the first year, and one young bullock and two rams, and shall be a burnt offering unto the Lord with their meat offering and their drink offerings, even an offering made by fire of sweet savor unto the Lord. Then, verse 19, ye shall sacrifice one kid of the goats for a sin offering, and two lambs of the first year for a sacrifice of peace offering. The priest shall wave them with the bread of the firstfruits for wave offering before the Lord. With the two lambs, they shall be holy to the Lord, the priest. And ye shall proclaim on the selfsame day that it may be a holy convocation to you. Ye shall do no servile work therein. It shall be a statute forever in all your dwellings throughout your generations. When you reap the harvest of your land, thou shalt not make clean riddance to the corners of thy field, and thou reapest, neither shalt thou gather any gleanings of the harvest. Thou shalt leave them unto the poor, unto the stranger. I am the Lord your God. We look at this Feast of Weeks, so or we look at Pentecost. It was the 50th day. Pentecost means 50. You go over to Acts chapter 2. And this Feast of Weeks took place, it was seven Full weeks 50th day after the feast of the first fruits And acts chapter two look at this We have our fulfillment the coming of the holy spirit On the day of pentecost and acts chapter two and Here it is and when the day of pentecost fully come they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing, mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. What do we see? Another feast, Pentecost, a feast of weeks. We see the fulfillment in the Holy Spirit and the start of the church. That is The day of Pentecost, we see that from Leviticus 23 Fulfillment in Acts chapter number two. So far so good. We got Passover, we have unleavened bread, we have first fruits, we have Pentecost. Now let's look at the day of atonement. Lost my spot, let me get it back, Leviticus 23. I'm going to purposefully skip over a few verses. So let's go down to verse number 26. Leviticus chapter number 3, 23, verse number 26. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, also on the 10th day of this seventh month, there shall be a day of atonement. It shall be a holy convocation unto you. You shall afflict your souls and offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. Verse 28. And you shall do no work in that same day, for it is a day of atonement. To make an atonement for you before the Lord your God. For whatsoever soul it be that shall not be afflicted in that same day, he shall be cut off from among his people. Whatsoever soul it be that doeth any work in that same day, the same soul will I destroy from among his people God was pretty serious when he said something and they didn't obey it I mean it was serious stuff it's amazing how people just live flippantly and say they're a Christian yeah I'm a Christian you're half drunk what do you mean you're a Christian and it just You, you just think about that. They took these feasts seriously. And you you'd be hard pressed to get a handful of Bible believing churches to hand out gospel tracts at the beer fest that they host every year here in town. You'd be hard pressed. And I mean, we we went down there. They didn't do it this summer because of the COVID, but the one before. And I'm a Christian. And you're just thinking to yourself. And you're proud of the fact of what you're doing. The nation took what God gave them serious. And God gave them a lot of detail on what to do and not to do. Ye shall do no manner of work. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations and all your dwellings. Verse 32, last verse. It shall be unto you a Sabbath of rest and you shall afflict your souls in the ninth day of the month at even. From even until even shall you, sell, shall you celebrate your Sabbath. Where do we have this day of atonement fulfilled in the New Testament? Jesus Christ, Hebrews 9, Hebrews 10 all throughout Hebrews 9, all throughout Hebrews 10. Who is our atoning sacrifice? The Lord Jesus Christ. We won't go there for sake of time, but I want you to know we've got Passover. We've got unleavened bread. We've got first fruits. We've got Pentecost. We have the day of atonement, which we see fulfilled. Hebrews 9 and 10, Jesus Christ, the atoning sacrifice, one-time sacrifice. The sixth feast we're going to look at in Leviticus 23 is the Feast of Tabernacles. Now get Revel on this one, you're going to need Revelation 21. I want to show you something there. This one hasn't quite yet come yet. Revelation 21. And Leviticus 23, verse 34. We're going to read to the end of the passage. I know this is a lot of Old Testament stuff. I know it's hard to get a lot out of it, but we want you to get the feasts out of this and then we'll close and it's going somewhere concerning the trump of God. Verse 34. Speak unto the children of Israel, saying the 15th day of this seventh month shall be the feast of tabernacles for seven days unto the Lord. Keep reading. On the first day shall be a holy convocation you be to serve servile work therein. Verse 36, seven days you shall offer an offering made by fire in the Lord. On the eighth day shall be a holy convocation unto you, and you shall offer an offering made by fire in the Lord. It is a solemn assembly. And you shall do no servile work therein. These are the feasts of the Lord, which shall proclaim to be holy convocations, to offer an offering made by fire in the Lord, a burnt offering, a meat offering, a sacrifice, drink offerings, everything upon his day, beside the Sabbath of the Lord, beside the gifts, beside all your vows, beside all the free will offerings, which ye give unto the Lord. Also in the 15th day of the seventh month, when you have gathered in the fruit of the land, you shall keep the peace of the Lord seven days. The first day shall be a Sabbath and the eighth day shall be a Sabbath. Verse 40. And you shall take you on the first day, the boughs of goodly trees, branches of palm trees, the boughs of thick trees and willows of the brook. And you shall rejoice for the Lord your God seven days. See, it's good to rejoice. It's just you have some joy and you get to redo it over and over again. That's called rejoicing. And ye shall keep it a feast of the Lord seven days in the year. It shall be a statute forever in your generations to celebrate the seventh month. You shall dwell in booths seven days. All that are Israelites born shall dwell in booths. Your generations may know that I made the children of Israel dwell in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. And Moses declared unto the children of Israel the feasts of the Lord verse 34. Look at it. The feast of what? The feast of tabernacles. This is the sixth feast, the feast of tabernacles. Now, watch how it foreshadows. Go to Revelation chapter 21. Revelation chapter number 21. And I, John, saw verse 2 the holy city, New Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven. Prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying. Behold the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them. And they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them. And be their God. This will happen. This will find a fulfillment. This is millennial kingdom stuff. But this will happen. Praise God. It prefigures this time of blessing. That will come during this millennial reign of Christ, which we as saints will come with him will reign with him. That's that's to come. That's this tabernacles, this tabernacles, Feast of Tabernacles. Passover. We have Christ, our Passover one, right? We have the unleavened bread of sincerity of truth. The first fruits pictures what? Jesus Christ. The resurrection as the first fruits, right? The coming of the Holy Spirit. We have that picture. We have that on the day of Pentecost, Acts 2, right? Christ's atonement for us, Hebrews 9 and Hebrews 10. The tabernacle of God, millennial kingdom. Are we looking at Leviticus chapter 23 that was written to the nation that God told Moses to tell my people? Do we need to keep those feasts? No. Do you see Christ in that? He's all throughout the Old Testament. He's all throughout. So all, we we go through that and we see that. We see all all that. What one did we leave out? The trumpets. The trumpets. So let's finish out with this. Leviticus twenty-three, verse twenty-three. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, in the first day of the month, shall ye have a Sabbath, a memorial of blowing of trumpets and holy convocation. Ye shall do no servile work therein, but ye shall offer in an offering made by fire unto the Lord. We ran six out of seven trumpets and we saw the fulfillment of them in the New Testament with Jesus Christ. I don't think it's a far stretch at all. That last trump, when it sounds, it's gonna be fulfilled based on this, this feast of trumpets and that trump of God, we're getting caught out of here. Where would we find the fulfillment of the feast of trumpets? Maybe that first trump is the last trump. Jesus is the first and the last, isn't he? Seven. uh, uh, These seven feasts, four of them, four of them find New Testament fulfillment in First Corinthians. The first fruits. But you already, that's verse 20. And the trumpets, they're in the same chapter. Look at this, chapter 15. Getting ready to close, but I want you to get these, these final thoughts. First Corinthians 15. First Corinthians 15. The first fruits and the trumpets are in the same chapter. Do you know why that's interesting? Because they both deal with the resurrection. I really think that's interesting. Both of those are found the fulfillment in First Corinthians, chapter number fifteen. If you look at verse number twenty-three, but every man in his own order, Christ the first fruits; his resurrection was first. We preached on that before. Afterward, they that are Christ's I His coming. Where is he coming for us? In the clouds. Christ's resurrection. Jesus Christ as the first fruits. What does that start? The harvesting of souls. This New Testament church age that we live in. The day of Pentecost. 3,000 souls were added. And the harvest for souls continues now, now it might not be three thousand. I mean, maybe a big sword convention you, know, you get three thousand, but look, mainly it's one here, one there, one over there. A little bit of time passes, then another one here. We're in the time of harvesting for souls. That's why we're preaching the gospel. Jesus Christ, the first fruits. Everything that had to be accomplished was accomplished. He rises from the. He comes up. He sends to the Father, and it starts this church age, this time of the Gentiles. And I think it's interesting that both of those fulfillments are, start, are found in 1 Corinthians 15. Christ goes up, starts the church age. We're caught up, the fulfillment of that feast of trumpet in Leviticus 23, verses 23 through 25. And that is when the harvest ends for that church age period. And both of them, from start to finish, you got a resurrection, Jesus Christ, the first fruit. And then you have us rising up, meeting the Lord in the air. The harvest will end. The harvest will end at the last trump. Let's get busy now. This is why we do what we do and fish for souls and try to reach the lost, because the harvest will end when at the last trump at the trump of god the dead in christ shall rise first and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up where are you going to be with the lord where's the lord going i don't know but wherever he goes it's going to be really super cool <laughs> and i'm going with him and if you're saved, so are you. The Bible says in John 4, 35, Jesus said this, Lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white, already to harvest. That trump of God, that feast, that fulfillment found, that last trump will end the harvesting season. Let's get busy trying to reach some lost souls for the sake.